Pastor Xavier Reese says, Come because you're called. Stay because you choose. He says, Whoever desires to come after me, if your reason for coming is anything but him, you're not a disciple. So often we hear testimonies, Well, I was down and out, and so then I came. And though that may be a legitimate witness of the condition you were in, hopefully that isn't the reason why you came. But you came because of Him. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's true that some of the best things in life are free. However, nothing good ever comes without a cost. And it wasn't until after Jesus was revealed as the Messiah that the apostles learned of what it would cost to follow Him. Coming up, Pastor Xavier presents a simple truth study drawn from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, in which he explains the price of eternal life includes the denial of self. Let's listen. I've entitled the message, The Cost of Discipleship. The Lord Jesus Christ has been ministering the word of life and meeting many physical needs. He has been healing many. He has been feeding many. And his ministry for the most part to now has been very prosperous in terms of the benefit towards people. We've seen people come to him just because he provides food. We've seen people come to him because he is able to touch their infirmities. Some he committed himself to. Others he did not because he knows the heart of all men. But now he is walking under the shadow of the cross. The confession of Caesarea Philippi has taken place by Peter, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Lest Peter would get puffed up, the Lord told him, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven, he has revealed it to you. And it didn't take Peter that long really to get puffed up because soon after that, as the Lord began to share about how he must die and everything, he took the Lord by the arm and took him aside and rebuked him. How dare you talk like that, Lord? You're the Messiah. We're going to Jerusalem so you can set up the kingdom and we can reign with you. How often we have such an idealistic or a distorted view of what discipleship is towards the Lord. We cannot help but in our Western mind, especially here in Southern California, to realize that discipleship has been misunderstood. And certainly for the most part, we have placed an ideal for the Christian life that really is not biblical for the most part. And maybe that's why when we go as missionaries abroad, overseas, we try to duplicate a, an American Christianity or an American culturalized discipleship that really does not exist in the Bible. Because as we look to what discipleship is and how it's lived out here in the United States, and we look at what the cost of discipleship is in other parts of the world, there is no comparison. Yes, there are benefits in the Christian life. Yes, Jesus does tremendous things for us. Yes, there are innumerable blessings. Yes, there is protection in Christ. But there is the flip side. The side of suffering. The side of persecution. 
the side that I don't understand. And so we put an ideal. And when that ideal does not come through, I'm offended. I become disillusioned. I even get mad at God. I blame people. And yet one day Jesus was speaking to the multitudes and they all began to walk away. And he turned to the disciples and says, will you also leave me? And they says, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you alone have the words of eternal life. They understood a little bit. Not everything. But they did understand a little bit. The disciples had the Jewish mind. They were expecting Jesus Christ to set up the kingdom. They were expecting him to now being six months away from the cross. And they didn't know or understand the cross. That he was going to go enter Jerusalem, set up the kingdom, and they were going to reign with him. You remember when some of the disciples got their mom to go ask him if they could sit on the right hand or the left hand? And the rest of the disciples got all ticked off. <laughs> Why did they get ticked off? Because they wanted to be there. They still did not understand when he was celebrating the Passover. Because they were arguing who was the greatest. And he began to wash their feet. They had an ideal that didn't fit with the scriptures. Let me say to you this morning, before we even examine the text, that we have many ideals about discipleship that have no biblical basis. And therefore, when the Lord moves upon our lives, when he allows circumstances and situations to kind of make waves, we freak out. But we freak out for our good, so we think, when really it's for our hurt. And so Jesus, after that great revelation in verse 31, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And so here it is, and he has to re-educate them. They heard it, but they did not understand it. It's in the midst of this that he calls the disciples and the multitudes in verse 34 to tell them what really discipleship is all about. All that you have received, all that you have seen are benefits of being disciple. But that is not the cost of discipleship. What you have received is the benefit of discipleship. And we always define and describe discipleship by the benefit and not by the cost. That's wrong. Absolutely wrong. He says, and when he had called the people to him, and his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So the Lord calls the multitudes along with the disciples. And in verse 34, he gives us the requirements for discipleship, the cost. 
Notice that he says, first of all, whosoever desires to come after me. Everyone is eligible for discipleship. No one is excluded. Notice he didn't say, whoever desires to come after physical healing. He didn't say, whoever desires to come after food, clothing. Whoever desires to come after me because they're lonely. Whoever wants to come after me because they're depressed. These are the messages we're hearing today. That's not what Jesus proclaimed. He says, whoever desires to come after me. If your reason for coming is anything but him, you're not a disciple. So often we hear testimonies, well, I was down and out, and so then I came. And though that may be a legitimate witness of, of the condition you were in, hopefully that isn't the reason why you came. God may have used that circumstance to draw you to him, but you came because of him. Because you heard that he died for you, he cleansed you, he redeemed you, and he saved you. You came because of him. And so no one is rejected. Everyone is eligible. I'm so glad for that. Now people have trouble with this because of the doctrine of predestination. You find the doctrine of predestination is Romans 8, Ephesians 1, 1 Peter 1. And many other places. Those who he called, he predestined. Those he predestined, he glorified, so on and so forth, all the way. And he speaks about being from the foundations of the world and how we were sanctified and called and regenerated and ordained. Now, I believe in the predestination of God. I believe I was predestinated from the foundations of the world. I believe I was ordained to eternal life. I believe that God elected me. I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe that I chose and I exercised my will to come. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever will. 2 Peter 3.9 says, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. John closes the book of Revelation in Revelation 22.17. Listen. And the spirit and the bride says, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come, and whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. No one is exempt. No one is excluded. Now, the first requirement, note it well, one must deny himself. The word deny is to forget oneself, to lose sight of oneself and interest. Our biggest problem is that we are so interested in ourselves. Certainly before we came to Christ, we were very interested in ourselves. That's what we live for. We allowed ourselves to live for others only when it didn't take from us or only when it was beneficial for us. And I think you would agree with me. Some of us were more graceful than others, but we still fell under those two categories. 
Now that we're born again, we must realize that we can still live for self. We are still primarily interested in ourselves. No one can deny that this morning. If you do not love yourself, if you are not primarily interested in yourself naturally, normally, automatically, then you're dead. And you shouldn't be here, you should be up in heaven. This denial cannot come of my own will. And when I mean, when I say my own will, I'm talking about my own energy, my own natural abilities. My will has to be exercised. But now that I'm born again, that will has been made alive and my spirit has been made alive. And now I have the potential and the capacity to will that, to desire that, to trust the spirit of God to help me do that. Paul the Apostle. As you know, it's so easy to get puffed up. Self-righteousness is sickening and no one's excluded again. We all have it at certain degrees, different levels. But it's part of the fallen nature. All of us. You remember in Philippians chapter 3 where Paul speaks about his past performance in the law, blames in the law, Hebrew of Hebrews, tribe of Benjamin, concerning the law, blameless, zeal more than all my contemporaries. But then he says, but the things which were gained to me, these I, I have counted lost for Christ. But indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, Christ, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. For when? Right now, for living. He's not talking about dying and going to the Lord, but living under the resurrected power life right now. One must deny oneself. This is not easy, and it's not something we like. I hate to deny myself. And I'm not talking about just denying ourselves hot fudge Sundays or, uh, you know, denying ourselves, okay, I won't watch this program, I'll go to church. That's an insult. But I'm talking about denying myself when I know what God desires me to do and I'm not doing it. When I know what the perfect will of God is and I, and I, and I won't do it. You see, before I was dead and when I lived in the world, I had no trouble. I just lived for myself. Now that I'm alive, I know that I shouldn't live for myself. And when I live for myself... I'm not right with God. I know it and he knows it. Because I know this is what he wants me to do, but I say, Lord, I don't like that. I don't want that. That's not comfortable. Why should I? And I can give him 10 different reasons and justifications why not. I have no problem with that. But I still don't justify myself. After all is said and done, God says, X, Deny yourself. You've seen people go into the courtroom. You know, they got a ticket. They say, you know, and the judge says, um, Jack Smith, guilty or not guilty? 
Well, guilty, but with an explanation. Guilty. Next. You can give all you want. No excuses. There are areas in your life and mine that will come into your life which you will not be able to accomplish under the energies of your flesh. Maybe you're going through some of those right now. Things that you detest, things that you hate, things that hurt you. Part of that is evidence of your love for the Lord. Because if you didn't love the Lord, you wouldn't feel guilty about not being obedient to the Lord. But don't stop there. You need to move on. You need to come to the place and know that God knows exactly all about your life and He knows what's best for your life. It's interesting that the more I try to live for myself, the more I experience death in my life. And the more I die to myself, the more I experience life. I don't understand it, but my body and my spirit and soul get the benefit when I yield. And when I don't, I pay the price. But make no mistake, I get to choose. God doesn't force me. And so one must deny himself. That's not too popular today. We in the church have even catered to the flesh of people. And we actually, instead of driving them to the cross to deny themselves and to crucify their old man, we actually, uh, we, we cater to the old man without knowing it. And that's why we have so much carnality in the church of Jesus Christ today. Let's be realistic, people. If just a congregation of people were sold out to the Lord of just 50 or 100, what would be taking place? We saw what it did with 12, 120. But see, there are things that will distract you and say, well, you know, it's fine being a Christian, you're saved, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to deny that. And so Satan brings a lot of distractions to make you ineffective. You're saved. He can't keep you from being saved any longer but he can't keep you from being effective. And so he'll have you get your eyes on yourself. You see, when I come across difficulties in my life, it's much easier to quit, to change the circumstance, to change the situation. And so we have individuals who have problems in the church or they're found out about sin or they have some differences. And so they get up and they change churches. And the Lord says, no, no, no. I want to change you. And so we uh, observe today a new phenomena, church hopping. And when we get tired of the Calvaries, we go to the Baptist and talk about Calvaries. And we're still the same. No change. Instead of denying ourselves, deceiving ourselves. Secondly, one must take up his cross. The cross was a symbol, an instrument of death. Make no mistake of that. When a man took up his cross and he began to walk up that road to the place of execution, 
He was under no delusions of grandeur. He never thought he'd be coming back. He knew that when he reached that point, he would die. But he would not die quickly. He would die very slow, very painful, mocked, ridiculed, shamed as he would be there crucified naked for all to see. This is what Jesus is asking you and me to pick up. Now we've done marvelous things to the cross. We've studded it with diamonds and gems and gold. We've hung it on our buildings. But I don't think we understand what the cross really means. Because if we did, we would fall on our face before the cross for the horror that it represents. For it was there on the tree that the price was paid. And it cost God his son. That's the cross. Now that's not American Christianity or discipleship. Let's be honest. It really isn't. Paul says, I die daily in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I don't think there's anybody here who can afford to not die daily. I attest to you that from the moment I get up out of bed, the minute my eyes open, I have to begin the call on the name of the Lord. That doesn't prove I'm spiritual. That just proves that I need him desperately. I have to get in the shower beginning to worship him and sing to him and talk with him. Because if I don't talk to him, Satan will talk to me. I really can't afford not to begin the day with Jesus. And there isn't a second or a minute in the day when I cannot afford to not deny myself. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I live as a crucified man. What is he saying? My death is slow. My death is painful. My death at times is embarrassing and shameful. But I'm following the steps of my Lord. You see, as long as the gospel doesn't shame us, we're okay. As long as it doesn't cost us, we're okay. As long as it's not painful, it's okay. I'll take up my cross. But if it starts hurting, if it starts giving what I have interpreted negative things, then I put it down. I don't pick it up. The Greek means at once, picking it up, and once and for all. And so we love to lean to the positive. We love to lean to the benefits of discipleship. But we never talk or live or yield to the cost of discipleship as we do to the benefits. You see, the only way you will take up your cross is first to lose sight of yourself. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, explaining God's calculation for gaining eternity is figured into one's daily dying to self. Now, there's much more of this message to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy, and the title you want to ask for is simply The Cost of Discipleship. It's available on CD for only $4, and this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is The Cost of Discipleship, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 